1: Once I left your crazy ass, I took
2: a therapy session. I won't be richest with the wealth. I'll be the richest in blessings. I said, you made a bet today. Said, I can't leave my Hey, everybody.
3: We have a good one lined up for you. I haven't had this much fun or laughed this hard in a while. Today's guest is genre-bending singer and rapper Genesis Owusu from Canberra, Australia. Together, we break down the inspiration, writing, and recording of the single, Don't Need You, taken from his 2021 debut album, Smiling With No Teeth. Genesis mentioned how he likes a challenge, and works best when his back is against the wall. Well, he amazed me with how this album came about, and he couldn't have been thrown further into the fire than right off the bat, when his manager basically put him in a room with a bunch of musicians he didn't know, without one musical note or lyric written, and after six 10-hour days, he somehow walked out with a complete album. And by complete album, I mean one that was awarded an ARIA, which is Australia's highest ranking music award. The record won Album of the Year, Best Hip Hop Release, and Best Independent Release. And he's got an incredible buzz going on at the moment. With a recent performance on Late Night with Stephen Colbert, his star is shining bright, and in my opinion, the sky's the limit. For all this and a whole lot more, don't touch that dial. Chris to makes a podcast hey hey have you heard krista makes a podcast hey hey have you heard krista makes a podcast genesis how we doing my man i'm doing well man cruising chilling awesome <laughs> It's uh, evening here in the States, and it is uh, morning time the next day. So we're, we're on opposite days right now uh, doing a podcast. This, this may be the first. How's it going?
1: Oh, it's an honor. <laughs> it's an honor that it's the first. We are here in the future.
3: You are in the future. What, what, uh, what part of, of Oz are you in?
1: I'm in uh, a place called the ACT, the Australian Capital Ter- Territory, um, Canberra is the, the capital city of Australia. Not many people know that.
3: I love Canberra. I, I played the uni in Canberra. Oh, really? Yes, I have, yes, uh, I, I I played it. The first time I played the uni was probably right around the time you were born, actually. Oh, <laughs> true. I mean, it, it was the late, late nineties with a, uh, a punk band called Frenzel Rom who are Australian. I don't know if you ever heard of those guys, mm. but, uh, they, uh, they, they took us on a, on a tour back there in the back in the day. And, you know, I, I just, I just brought up your age and I got to tell you, I thought back today when I was thinking about this episode to, to when I was 23 and where I was at with my songwriting and where my head was at and I. I got to thinking, you know, I probably started writing songs, you know, joke songs with my friends when I was hmm. 12 or 13. I didn't really play guitar yet then. I'm a, I'm a guitarist and a singer. But, uh, you know, we would write rhymes and raps and, and, and different things and mess around. But when I really started writing songs was probably uh, when I was around 18 when I picked up the guitar. Okay. And that's that's when I started started writing. And how many years of songwriting do you have under your belt at this point? When do you consider your first song that you, that you wrote?
1: I would say my first real song would have been in like 2012. So I would have been either 13 or 14 at that time. Okay. Yeah. And I was probably like, yeah, similar. Like I was writing like joke songs maybe like a year or two before. But yeah, that that's probably the first song that I would consider like the first thing that I like this is a song. Like, this is my record type thing, you know, 2012, I'd say, or 2013, one of like early 2013 or late 2012, I think.
3: And it's funny because I've never talked to other musicians about this before. And, and you can see me, the listeners can't see, we're on Zoom, but I got a smile from ear to ear right now because, you know, I think we all started writing joke songs, right? That's how mm. it started. Like you're making up little rhymes or little lyrics here and there, and you might try to impress your buddy at school. And and then at some point you're like, I really like this. I, I like to write songs. It, when? When, when did it click for you when was it was like you know what I, I think there's something here I may be able to do this you know
1: it actually like uh <laughs> I don't want to use the word forceful but it was almost like a forceful click because my I have an older brother of uh, of five years. He he made music under Citizen K.
2: to be like So insecure with his soul, it possibly that was simple. So detached from his roots. these stereotypes was getting but couldn't see it in his looks. Oh one defect till the dick won't boom. Times that five thousand and maybe you feel it too. but luckily this child developed within the thick skin surface, and suddenly he was winning, beginning to understand
1: how to react. I think yeah, I, I would have been what, thirteen. He was seventeen or eighteen. We were both still living at home and he'd hijacked like our family study, turned it into his own personal studio, you know, was getting his musician friends in and out. So it was literally like unavoidable. And me being the younger brother brother at the time, I was kind of trying to carve my own path because everyone expects you to, you know, follow in the older brother's footsteps. So for a while, sure. I was like, Nah, nah, I'm not going to make music. But eventually he got me and that ended up turning into that first song that we were talking about. And it clicked immediately as soon as we actually made the song i was like yeah i get it this is sick but like before that i was very uh resistant to it just just so i could i could try and carve
3: my own identity were you always into performing did you ever get stage fright was it was it a thing you had to get used to or was it something you thrived on i mean i was the class clown i i i loved cutting up an audience and making people laugh from the time i can remember but some people aren't like that
1: Mm, Yeah, me, it was really interesting for me because like I considered myself an introvert and I was like a quiet kid. But then as soon as music came into the mix, something changed for that. So like before I started making music, I was uh, I had like a little dance crew, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was just like when I was with that dance crew, we joined these competitions and perform in front of like thousands of people. But when the music wasn't on. And you were to see me at that time, like, you wouldn't expect me to be the person to jump on a on a stage and perform in front, in front of a thousand people. There was just something about music, no matter where I was coming from or what it was doing, that, like, triggered something in me that turned, like... Went from like Clark Kent to Superman, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, I I can I totally relate. I know what what music's done to me in in, in that uh, in that light. It's uh, it it's amazing. You know, again, your age, twenty three. The when I found out how old you were, I was just I, I say I was amazed, but you just sound so much. Stop and shy using the word mature, but you just—you don't sound like you're twenty. You just sound like you've been doing this a long time, man. <laughs> you you and I—you I, just—you just do. You just sound Thank like you, you. And you got—you know—you've just released your first record, "Smiling with No Teeth," came out in uh, March of uh, last year, so it's not even a year old uh, yet. The song we're going to talk about today, "Don't Need You," was actually released in May of 2020, about almost a year before the record. How did that come into play? Why, why was that released ahead of time to have anything to do with with? COVID? It or
1: yeah so we were making the album and we wanted to we wanted this to be like the big debut in every sense of the word so we were gonna start touring internationally and you know doing all that fun stuff um then obviously covid hit so we kind of had to me and me and my team kind of had to rearrange how we were going to approach like the promotion and, and the pr side of things so we decided to take the rollout out a bit slower and like just try and try and build fans and, and, and teams in the US and the UK by pushing singles a bit slower and giving them more time to to simmer and stuff like that. So Don't Need You was was the first of, of those tracks,
3: you know, before we move on, if, if you could list four or five influences. Stuff that when you were starting to write songs that you were that you were emulating because I I hear so much different stuff when I'm hearing your hearing your song I'm mm. hearing so many different little things and and your songs in between songs are different you know this track is nothing like Gold Chains which you recently performed on a Late Show with Stephen Colbert congratulations by the thank way thank you very
1: much thank that you that is
3: so that is so cool man yeah it's
1: insane surreal can't believe
3: it yeah. You know and that song gold chains has like this almost like prince
2: vibe.
3: contrast to this so it's really cool how you can shift styles like that so could you give us a couple couple influences yeah
1: I mean while in the process of making this album Prince was probably my number one influence but it was it was more so attitude wise than like than trying to like emulate him musically it was kind of Uh like when I'd get Stuck at like a certain point in the song, it would be like, What would Prince do? <laughs> you know
2: like,
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, but before I think my my general influences uh, even way before this album, my biggest influence controversially at this point was probably Kanye West. You know, he's many things, good and bad, but like at this <laughs> at this point in life, it's kind of like no matter what he does now, he's already part of my musical DNA. And he's like, he was the one where it was just like, damn, you can do this. Like, this is how it's done. This is how it's done at the highest level. This is how it's done when no one thinks you can do it. This is how it's done when everyone thinks you should go right and you end up going left. You know, he was just like the boundary breaker and the, uh, I guess, like the master swordsman when it came to like creating weird... Uh, out-of-the-box hip-hop so he was like the one for me and then there was also Pharrell who who was in a very similar space especially with NERD yeah there were big ones for me
3: well, Pharrell and Kanye West are a, a little newer school. Prince, of course, uh, uh, is, is an older artist. But uh, do you ever have any family members, parents, uh, anybody that was into Earth, Wind, and Fire, Cool in the Gang, or any of those bands? Because I'm hearing some of that in here.
1: Yeah, yeah. My dad. I don't think he ever made any music himself, unless he's been hiding it from me. But he was just like a he was a big <laughs> music appreciator. You know, he was he was the type to. Just like pick up and like go through the CD bins, like the one dollar CD bins, and if it's got like an interesting album cover, you'll just buy it and, and spin it throughout the house and just see what see what's up. Um, so I was always listening to a bunch of different stuff um, every weekend just because of just because of him, really. And my mum is uh, the leader of her church's gospel choir, so there was that element as well. And we just moved from Ghana to Australia, so there was a bunch of Ghanaian highlife music. And then (laughs) my older brother was into like rock music and he was in like a bunch of bands before he started rapping. So it was a whole mishmash of, of sounds going on in the household from a young age.
3: This is uh, making a lot more sense now, Genesis. <laughs> yeah. when I'm I'm, I'm listening to your different tracks and everything you're saying, and, and it sounds like you you came from a very acceptable musical household. You Definitely. know, music music was celebrated and, and accepted. And you know, I, I'm sure you know not not a lot of uh, my friends came from that. My musician mm-hmm. friends, their parents didn't want to hear that crap. Go to your bedroom, shut the door. You know, so mm-hmm. to be able to have that is is is, uh, is cool.
1: I mean, it was almost like that at at the start for a bit it was like everyone was playing their own music in their own corners of the house and me just being (laughs) the youngest I was like the converging point for all of it but eventually everyone (laughs) grew to to love each other's stuff
3: yeah you were like the sponge that soaked it all up
1: yeah exactly
3: that's really neat. Well, I noticed this the, the song credits for this. There's like six different writers, or I, I couldn't really hear any samples in this song that were maybe lifted from another song, but did all six people uh, that wrote this song, were you ever in a room together? How did you contribute that?
1: So did yeah. Put, the, put it together. So the, the, the process of making the album was really interesting. Um, so prior to making the album, I'd usually work, like in a studio setting with me and a producer and we just like come up with the ideas, write a rap to it, record over it. That was working well for me. Like I, I like a lot of the stuff I made before the album, but I'm, I'm definitely the type of artist that likes to be put in the deep end. Like I like to be uncomfortable and I like to see where that kind of uh, situation drives me. And my manager knows this. So I was basically like to him, like, Put me in the deep end, put me in a situation where you think I shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, So he, my manager's like a kind of like an old school music head in Australia. So he's, he's got some connections here and there. So he pulled together some musician friends that he knew of all different genres and then just kind of put them in a room together. And I'd never met any of them before
3: I, I, I want to stop you there real quick I didn't mean to interrupt you is one of these people Andrew Clippel, he played in a band uh 91 called euphoria I, yeah. I looked up and I was uh, so this guy's got to be about my age he's yeah. not okay that's so that's my manager you see, yeah He's your manager? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> so, so he throws you completely in the fire. He exactly. knows that you like to be uncomfortable. He gets all these people together. So he's credited as one of the producers for the record. And uh, then there's Dave Hammer, uh, Harvey Sutherland, Joe Laporta, and Matt Corby, who actually produced uh, the track Don't Need You that we're going to talk about today. Um, so
1: Don't Need You was produced by uh, Dave Hammer and
3: Andrew Clipple. Okay. Okay. And uh, go on with what you were saying to me okay. to interrupt you.
1: yeah all good. so yeah so i basically he invites me up to sydney which is about three hour drive from from uh, canberra and i walk into this bedroom sized room with the band that i end up creating the whole album with the band who i've never met before apart from my manager andrew who's going to be playing the keys there's kieran j Callinan on, on guitar touch sensitive on bass uh julian sudek on drums um, and then me on vocals, and we basically we we jam for about two or three days per per session. But f- throughout the whole jams, it ends up being about six days in total. And in that six days, we jam for about ten hours a day. And then after each day, I get a ten-hour MP3 file of the day's jams, and I listen oh, through it and I pick oh out the gosh. time steps of the parts that I liked. And in those six days, that's that's the album.
3: Okay, for for the listeners out there, this is insane what you're talking about right now. It really is because you know doing that kind of workload and having that much information to have to go comb through and to put something together this cohesive, good for you. That's 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 incredible. I've never worked that way. It is so foreign to me mm. to do what you just said. I'd be I'd be scared. Yeah. I would be. I, I mean, I'd, I'd be completely intimidated. Like I don't know these guys. Here's my manager. He plays keyboard, which brings me to my next question. I'm assuming you did you wrote all the lyrics to this track? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so when you, let's say you had the lyrics to Don't Need You, or did you not have any lyrics going in until these jam sessions were done?
1: Yeah, we. I I, I came in with absolutely nothing. Came in blindfolded, essentially.
3: <laughs> That's incredible. That's yeah, incredible that you, you did it that way.
1: Yeah, it was a crazy experience. And, and you know, some of those band members now are like, we're, we're very close friends after those six days, you know? It was a uh, it was probably just after summer, but it was still, like, sweltering heat. Um, none of us had met each other before. It was just such a disarming situation. We were cramped together because, obviously, there's all this musical equipment as well. And you just, you're just forced to make music. There's nothing else you can do.
3: I guess you you, you have a, a relationship of trust with your manager enough to where you trusted him with these musicians, because my first thought when you're telling me this is, what if you got in there, and, man, nothing's happened. And after the first two or three 10 hour sessions, you're like, I don't like any of these sounds they're getting. I don't like uh, nothing's moving me musically. I, I, I'm not inspired to write lyrics, but that was a complete opposite, it sounds like.
1: I mean, honestly, that was a more probable outcome than what actually happened. But, you know, that's like, that's just <laughs> what we do. You, we, we jump in the deep end. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then we move and try the next thing.
3: Well, it, it totally worked. Uh, don't Need You is three minutes and five seconds. Uh, I want to jump into the song now. I'm mm-hmm. I'm amazed right now. I'm like, you can see ear to ear smile. This is unlike really anything I've heard of just going in with nothing. I figured you would have had a lyric book at least going in and have, have some ideas or this is the kind of record I want to make and you just get in there with these guys you don't know and, and to have this uh, uh, you know, happen is, is, is pretty incredible. The first eight seconds, there's like this keyboard intro. It's, it's a very soothing keyboard intro, but it almost sounds like there's kids on a playground in the background.
1: So basically we, we made the foundation of the song and the song, the songs in their foundational points are still quite formed. Like they're still almost exactly what you hear on the record. Nothing instrumentally is replayed. It's all just straight from the jam sessions. But then we we took it into another studio, which is where Dave Hammer comes in and he does like his co-production flourishes and you know adds a bit of energy here and there so that kids playing on the playground was a was a day of hammer sample that he had in his catacombs you know for a little <laughs> sprinkle of magic
3: so your basic tracks though what you just said came out of those jam sessions exactly yeah. and then from there you sprinkled everything on top of it and so this track when you first heard it how did the lyrical inspiration come did Did you just start writing or or again, was this something that that maybe you had an idea of "Hey, this could be this idea I had or it was all from scratch?
1: This was one of the one of the last tracks we made for the album, so I already knew what the album as a whole was conceptually. And you know if we want to get into that, the album as a whole conceptually is the story of the two black dogs one representing depression and one representing racism um but they're personified into characters uh, characters with their own motives personalities you know et cetera, et cetera. in this section of the album uh it's the internal black dog which represents depression and its personality is like possessive almost seducing like you know I, I want you to, I want to be your only one. All you need is me, you know, come to me. You don't need anyone else. You don't need your friends. You don't need your family, just me. And don't need you was the point in the song uh, in the album narrative wise, where the narrator, which I guess is the Genesis Lucy character, figures out that that's false. Don't need you. Yeah.
3: Interesting. Well, over that playground sample that that uh, that, that Dave came up with, and, and that soothing keyboard intro is is what I'm calling an intro. I was thinking mm-hmm. this was the verse, but it's not a verse. Once I left your crazy ass, I took a therapy session. I won't be richest with the wealth. I'll be the richest in blessings. I said. And and there's some funny lyrics in this song, buddy. (laughs) Uh, Once I left your crazy ass, I took a therapy session. I won't be richest with the wealth. I'll be the richest in blessings. I said. Set this up. What's happening there? I
1: guess one of the things I really enjoy doing with music, I guess, throughout the whole album, is I like presenting it with a layer of ambiguity that can allow things to be interpreted in different ways. Um, so with this song, I thought it would be fun to make it seem like it was just like a breakup song, you know, like I had like this crazy X, you know, that I just wanted to like cut off. So I kind of put together the lyrics in a way that it could be interpreted like that. So yeah, I I wanted to portray depression as like this crazy ex that like, I went to therapy and I realized like, you're a psycho. (laughs) Now like, I want nothing (laughs) to do with you.
3: I I like the intro verse one and even the chorus because at the ends of each one of those, it leads into the next part. The I said line leads into verse one Mm -hmm. and uh, at the end of verse one, you say, but, that goes into the chorus. And I think mm-hmm. I think that's cool, those little holdover words sometimes. When you said, I said in the intro, there's a couple of snare sounding drum hits that come in and then the drum loop comes in with some funky, I think it's synth bass, isn't mm-hmm. it? That's Or is that real bass? Yeah, synth, yeah. It's great. It's great. And in, in, in verse 1, riches and blessings, I said, you made a better day. Said I
1: can't leave my bed today. You tied me on my chest today. Want to read your head on a better day. Black dog, black dog, you be barking, Bucking, I always saw
3: your ass as a hindrance and you saw me as a target, bus. You made a better day, said, I can't leave my bed today. You tied me on my chest today. Want to read your head on a better day. Black dog, black dog, you'll be barkin', barkin'. I always saw your ass as a hindrance and you saw me as a target. But, and on the lines, black dog, black dog and barkin', barkin', the vocals are doubled there in unison, panned left and panned right. It's so catchy and hooky. Thank you. Thank you. I love the line too, your ass is a hindrance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 tell us, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's definitely uh, very direct. I've, I've had I've had a few DMs on, on Instagram about how like this song is, has helped many people get through many breakups. So I'm like, that's like maybe that's not where I was going for, but more power to you.
3: Well, no, it's funny because this kind of seemed like it was a breakup, love gone awry. But you talk here in this verse about that that black dog you were talking about. You get that line in here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I like to sprinkle sprinkle in a bit of, I guess hints hints to, so so people can tie tie together the the actual narrative of what I'm talking about. But yeah, the, that that audio effect when we say the like black dogs and barking. Hey, black dog, black dog, you be barking, barking. I always. It's kind of just like I guess ties back into the concept of it's like an ethereal figure. It's not a real figure. It's like in your head, kind of surrounding you. Um, like a ghostly type of mist, you know? So, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's it's like a more of an uh, ethereal, mental-based type of thing.
0: Hey, don't go anywhere. Krista Makes a Podcast will be right back after a few words from our sponsors.
3: Bowie. Hey, if you need a unique,
0: thoughtful, and inexpensive gift for a friend or loved one, check out iloveenamelpins.com. Make someone's day by giving them a little present to show you care. Over 80 different pins are available, everything from cats and dogs to your favorite celebrities. And to top it off, you can use the discount code CHRISTAMAKES at checkout to save 30% on your order. iloveenamelpins.com give them something to wear that shows that you care. And now, on with the show.
3: And I love your delivery throughout the song, too. It's not, you know, you can't say it's rap and you can't say it's singing. It's like an amalgamation. of It's kind of both at mm-hmm. times. And then there's times when it's a little more singing. It, it, it's really cool how you mm-hmm. go back and forth. I also really think uh, it's great. I, I, I love getting to a chorus quickly. And you did it really quickly at 32 <laughs> seconds. We're in chorus one. Wait, could this be true? I don't need you. I don't need you. Ah, wait, wait. This is true. I don't like you. I don't like you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Poetic. Shakespeare. <laughs> well, Shakespearean. <laughs> and, 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 and you're laughing probably because there's some, some dude reciting your lyrics back to you, talking them to you, which is which is weird in and of itself.
1: I mean, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, the 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 chorus. The chorus was great because uh, through the jam session, it was actually Kieran, the guitarist, that I guess laid the foundation for that, like the way it's delivered because he played that guitar, like ding, 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 Uh ding. And then I just heard that when I was, uh, you know, listening over the tracks and just thought that would be so great with a vocal accompaniment and in this yelpy. (laughs) <laughs> chihuahua dog type uh
3: well you want to talk about catchy and i actually thought those were synth stabs mm. in key with the melody that's a guitar
1: that's a guitar kieran has this crazy pedal semicircle he's got like this big wooden semicircle board full of just pedals and which he can wow. just manipulate his guitar sound to like anything a lot of the time it sounds like car engines revving and <laughs> you know just crazy stuff like that
3: it's great because it's doing the vocal melody on point with you through the whole chorus and it just yeah. adds this different feel to it you know uh the drums and the bass are continuing here as you know with the groove but in addition to the stabs there's this electric piano that's panned off left that is playing a really groovy counter melody to mm-hmm. everything it's really neat when that comes in and and again was that something that was was laid down later with dave or was that something in the, in the initial jam sessions do you remember? remember.
1: That was the initial jam sessions as well. I think that's, I guess that's one of the best things about that band that we put together. They were all such different people. And, you know, when Andrew the keyboardist hears that drum beat, he thinks of something jazzy and funky. And when Kieran hears that drum beat, he thinks of something stabby and like abrasive and the melding of, you know, those worlds together creates something you know, brand new.
3: Yeah, that, that synth stabby part, I, I'm calling it synth still. That guitar stab part is, is, is just so so unique and different. I, I really like it. I gotta tell you, this arrangement is is really different too. Mm. You know, everything up to this point is kind of like, okay, it's going along, nothing too crazy arrangement wise, but then there's this musical interlude here that happens after chorus number one, the band stops, and there's some vocal like oohs that are happening, mm. and there's keyboards that happen. <sighs> And then the first lyric to the next part, which I'm calling pre-chorus one. We haven't had a pre-chorus yet, but I'm calling this a pre-chorus because it it happens again in the song. It happens twice. And it's before chorus two, this part. So I'm calling it a pre-chorus. What an interesting part this is. A completely different feel and flavor comes in here. Uh, On the first line... It's still with those vocal ooze and those keyboards. The band hasn't come in yet. But uh, you say, can't you see I'm rich? And those guitar stabs are in unison on that first line again. Just on mm-hmm. that first line. It's great. And um, this is also the first harmonies in the song here. On every line, you get a harmony.
2: Can't you see I'm rich? Say,
3: you see i'm rich same tricks how'd you do me like that but enough of my bag same tricks you ain't shit how'd you do me like that but enough of my bag you ain't shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so the lyric is actually uh running off with my bag, and that's kind of like a i don't know if that's like hip-hop lingo like uh running off with the bag you know just like hitting a lick taking the cash and running i guess so that that's uh is another kind of play into that toxic relationship type vibe of you've done this again and again you've kind of manipulated me once manipulated me twice you've taken these opportunities away from me you know in in the reality of the situation it's like maybe i say no to a great opportunity because i'm feeling very down in the dumps that day you know um, okay. so it's kind of like a, a, a play on that and it's like me realizing, man, you ain't shit. <laughs> like I can really do ah. without you right now. Um,
3: okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, musically here, uh, like I said, it, it, it's different. It gets interesting right after you say, can't you see I'm rich? Uh, there's like these three hits, uh, it's almost like a record scratching, but it's like a snare drum. It's yeah. like a thing that happens there and the band's back in. The drums in the bass are holding things down as they have the whole song. The drum and the bass groove in the song is incredible. Uh, that electric piano is still panned off to the left. There's another synth that is happening panned right while those sporadic guitar stabs happen throughout this pre-chorus. They're not like lined up anywhere on beats or kind of just like come out of nowhere at you, uh, which kind of gives you this this you know uh, knee-jerk reaction. It, 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 it's cool what it does to that part. There's also a, like a staccato single note that I don't know if this is a synth or a guitar. It's kind of high pitched. It's nee 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 mm. nee. It's happening off in the right speaker. What what is that? Is that a guitar? I think it's a guitar, yeah. I love when things run every beat like that. It, it it's something that was, you know, popular back uh in disco back in the day. It makes the music sound faster than it is. Yeah. It makes the energy feel like it's coming up, you know? Definitely. Nothing got sped up there, just that, that little that little thing. Uh chorus two here is the same lyrically as chorus number one, same lyrics here. That electric piano keyboard uh, in chorus one is now in stereo here. It's not just panned off, it's kind of come come full. But uh, with like a higher tone, with a higher pitch, mm-hmm. and every time you say "you" in this chorus, there's a backing vocal response of "oohs" right after that are really layered.
1: In the process of like putting that the production flourishes on it, I was just very resistant of doing everything at once. You know, so we had we had all of these elements, I think they were initially in the first chorus as well, but I just I wanted to grow the track, you know, as it went on and just hold back a bit at the start and just keep gradually adding these new elements just to keep it fresh, keep it exciting, you know.
3: I think it was a very wise decision. I love songs that build. I think it needed it, and it's funny. When I went back and that first chorus would come on, it felt like it was missing something, not in a bad way, though. It <laughs> felt like, whoa, you know, like you're waiting for that to come in after after you've heard the song, but you never would have known it the, the, the first time it happened. But um, I love those oohs that come in there on that second chorus. It It, it really, really changes things up there. Verse two is probably my favorite lyric in the song. <laughs> this kills me, and I got I got to figure out what what's going on here. <laughs>
2: I said your ass is stinky, and you build like a mole. And I'll put your ass to London if you can't take a stroll. I feel better. better. I'll be awesome. awesome when you stop chucking. on my
3: dome. God damn! I said, I said your ass is stinky. <laughs> <laughs> And uh sorry. Um my 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 producer may want to edit this. I'll try to say it with a straight face. I said you Oh man. Hi mom. I said your ass is stinky and you built like a mole. And I'll boot your ass to London if you can't take a stroll. I feel better, better. I'll be awesome, awesome when you stop jugging jugging on my dome. God damn!
1: <laughs> that's it. That's it.
3: And that's the. That's not me saying "GD." That's you saying "God damn" in the lyric. God yeah. damn! <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What is going on
1: here? I mean, I, I. You know, I think as the song was was going on, and as as I was progressing into the <laughs> lyrics, I just got more and more into that, like putting myself into that like, like toxic relationship type thing again um and i was just trying to think of just like what's the worst thing that an ex can say to someone (laughs) just like just absolutely roast them. So I was just getting, I was getting creative there, you know? Um.
3: (laughs) No, no one wants their friends to know that their, their backside stinks. Okay. Uh, Well, you know, this is a verse, but it doesn't sound like verse one, the feel and the flow of the melody here is different, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, which I think is cool. It's, it's yet, it's like, it's hook after hook in this song. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love that. I love that it's a verse. It mimics verse one, but it's it, it's different. That electric piano from the other parts is here panned left. And I love at the back half of this verse, when you say, I feel better, there's an almost whispered left and right better mm. that happens. Feel
2: better. Better. I'll be awesome.
3: On the next line, I'll be awesome, awesome. When you jugging, jugging. And then on Goddamn, it's more of a shout of the backing vocals. It gets louder there yeah. than the other parts. Mm. You know, it's kind of like a. Goddamn, like like, like yeah. you're celebrating. Like a release. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just let the whole world know that your butt stinks. That's <laughs> basically <of> it. <laughs> Feels great to get
1: that off my chest. You know? <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, at the end of it, I left off a lyric you actually say i said and and again those hold over you know the, the goddamn's really the end of it but you you say i said because mm. i said goes in i said wait this you know could yeah. this be true it leads into the course i love hold over lyrics like that you don't see it a lot but when you do it sticks out to me because you know it almost seems like it's a it's a throwaway but it's not mm. it's important
1: yeah yeah i i it's one of those things that i don't even think about but it just feels so natural in the songwriting now to just make it flow you know
3: yeah and i think you get that definitely more in the rap world than you do in the rock world you're, mm. you're able to get away with, with that a little bit more it, it seems like uh chorus three um musically core uh, you know the chorus is the same here but lyrically and vocally this chorus changes could this be true I don't need you. I don't need- Wait, could this be true? I don't need you, I don't need you. God damn, ah, wait, wait, wait. This is true. I don't like you, I don't like you, ah. So at this point in the song, you got two choruses that have already happened. Lyrically, they're the same. Why'd you change it up here?
1: Um, honestly, it was because Kieran had played a different, <laughs> a different thing on his guitar <laughs> in the jam ah. session. And I had to, I, I was matching Kieran's uh, Kieran's thing. But it turned out, I I just thought it was cool as well. It it feels like so kind of haphazard, you know, it feels like it's, I don't know, like it's one take, just like things are changing and, and it's just happening, you know?
3: You just said it. It it harkens back to like, I mean, there's some funk in this track, and that's kind of why I asked you about Earth, Wind & Fire and mm-hmm. some of those bands from the 70s. It's got like this, especially the the keyboard tones almost have a 70s retro feel to it here. And a lot of those bands, they cut stuff live off the floor, man. Mm-hmm. It, all the mistakes, I say mistakes, they were mm-hmm. great recordings and the performances were great, but all the little nuances were there. And that's what this feels like. You just said it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and to a degree... That's what it was not when i was recording the vocals but the the instrumentation that was one take so yeah yeah
3: yeah it's cool um on the line goddamn halfway through uh it's the same kind of the same spirited shout as verse two when you're mm-hmm. singing it and then it's followed by like a growled almost like ah, yeah you know like you, you give <laughs> you, you put a little sauce on that one
1: <laughs> of course you gotta put it <laughs> got, gotta put the sauce on it,
3: gotta put yeah the sauce on it. um i also love here okay because again this chorus those guitar stabs are there, following the melody on every word except on the line. Wait, wait. On the third wait is a gang backing vocal that's panned left and right. Mm. But there's no guitar stab there. Yeah.
2: Wait, wait,
3: wait. This is it really stands out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't even
1: remember the the thought process to doing that. I think we we just we just thought it would be like another kind of like punch in the face moment, you know? Just like a, you expect something and then, you know, there's a little something extra, a little right jab waiting
3: for you. Exactly, I thought that was great that you left the, left the stab off there. It, it makes that part stick out. When you say right after that, this is true, there's a woo, a single vocal that mm. happens there with no stab on that either. Yeah. This is true. I
2: don't like you.
1: I don't... Yeah, I think it was just that ad-lib take. <laughs> it was just the ad-lib take yeah. and we were just vibing, just feeling it.
3: Right. The the next part, uh, you know, that musical interlude where the band stops earlier, it happens again. I'm calling this the bridge. It's mm. only two lines. Ah. Just wait in the hallway,
2: babe. I don't like the smell
3: of you see The lyric here is just wait in the hallway, babe. I don't like the smell of broke. Yeah, what are you saying there?
1: It, referential to the last uh, bridge or pre-chorus, I guess, and the intro where I'm talking about, yeah, I won't be richest with the wealth, but I'll be the richest in blessings. I'm trying to be the richest. Oh, okay. In in regards to my fulfillment, in regards to my well-being. So if you're broke in that sense, or you're trying to make me broke in that sense, I don't want I don't want a piece of it. I don't want a borrow of it.
3: That's great. Um, th- there's a double vocal here unison. There's no harmony on these two lines and then right after you say smell of broke uh, that same musical interlude happens again and then you're into pre-chorus 2.
2: Can't you see same like that?
3: Chorus 2 is the same as pre-chorus 1. All the harmonies are on on each line except this time on the second line same tricks. How'd you do me like that? On tricks, there's a vocal response, tricks, tricks that happens. It's subtle. Mm-hmm. But again, you're talking about building that song. I I love that you sprinkled that on there.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's the, the exact the exact same uh thing just taking uh what was there and just building it more and having the track Great.
3: Right on. And then on the line, uh the third to last line of, of pre-chorus two, you ain't shit. How'd you do me like that? On shit, the same vocal responses on tricks happens. Shit, shit. Yeah. Uh it's it's again, it's subtle, but it differentiates pre-chorus two from pre-chorus one, and I love that. Yeah, thank you. We get kind of five choruses in this song. The fourth <laughs> chorus here to end the song is a double chorus. The first half of it we hearken back to the first two choruses it doesn't do that uh, That 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 third chorus is special when you get that goddamn in there yeah this chorus goes back the back half of the melody though here on this one changes hey. I love that, too. And what was that thought process like? You know what? We're getting to the end here. We're going to use the same lyrics, but let's change the melody up a little bit.
1: Yeah, once again, that was that was the one take from the jam session. So Kieran was was playing around on the guitar and I was taking his lead and, and, and following his his guitar pattern. That he was playing with and, and once again yeah it just made it feel so haphazard and, and like dangerous in a sense and
3: it sounds fresh man it, yeah it sounds fresh it doesn't sound regurgitated and like you know it's so easy i've talked about it on this show so many times uh to, to copy and paste in pro tools oh mm. just paste the chorus you know we'll, we'll we'll do it again and and this doesn't feel like that you yeah know? thank you. Uh, w- which is great the last half of the chorus here uh the lyrics do change and uh the placement of the ooze change on the last chorus, those ooze that happened the other chorus. The placement here is different, which mm. again on the on the back half makes you go, whoa, what happened there? Do you, do you recall why those were changed?
1: It would've just been the same thing of just like, we were at this point of the song, so we just have to do what feels right. And, and uh, I guess keep the, the energy of what we were doing before and keeping it fresh, throwing in those right hooks. Um, keeping it fresh, keeping it unexpected, keeping it live, haphazard, you know? Yeah. Good, yeah.
3: good for you. It, it It's great. And, and uh, I'll finish reading these last lyrics here. Uh, you say, could this be true? I don't need you. Don't need you. Ah, could this be true? I don't like you. I don't like you. And there's a pause after uh, the like. Uh, it's kind of like a, a, a half a second followed mm. by a single you that you say. Mm. And then there's like three snare drum hits to end the track abruptly which mm. i think this track needed to end abruptly it's like a door slamming in your face yeah, you know
1: definitely you definitely got, no fade outs
3: you got a stinky ass get out of here door <laughs> in your face
1: that's it that's it i think i think with this this track oh and and just all of the tracks on the album especially i think all of me and all of the the band members are really live performers in in essence and we love Mm -hmm. performing live and these kind of not so structured ways in which we arrange the music helps to translate so well when we do perform live because we keep that same energy we don't want to just keep doing the same thing over and over again we want to see where else we can go and and essentially make new from the old that we've already created we never want it to be the same thing you,
3: you and your team are kind of my heroes right now i'm amazed <laughs> i'm amazed how you cut this record I am. You should be so proud, man. Thank you. You should Appreciate be so proud. Your 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 manager and, and everyone you worked with. It's 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 so cool how you put this together and that you could do that. It's a it's an amazing. It uh, you talked earlier about you know uh, you, you like when your back's against the wall. I do too. As a singer, I like to be challenged. Mm. But man, you, you didn't have your back against the wall. You you got pushed in the deep end and, and <laughs> you know you know thrown in the fire and everything else here. It's just it's incredible that that you came up with this. It, 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 it's awesome. And uh, I got to tell you, I, I can't think of a. It's been a minute. I, I love. doing this this show, but it's been a minute since I laughed this hard and had this much fun.
1: Oh, I'm glad. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah
3: <laughs> before before we uh, before we go, I'd like you to leave the listeners with anything you got coming up, tours, new records, anything going on with you. What's happening?
1: Yeah, so we're, we're prepping for uh, two tours in March. I've got a I've got a band tour in Australia, and then I'm coming to the US for the first time ever.
3: Nice. Um,
1: straight after that. So uh, we just put up some new dates as well. It's all on genesisawusu.com slash tour. Um, yeah, going all over the place. And I can't wait.
3: Man, I'm telling you right now, I am uh, going to tell everyone I know about you. I- I'm rooting for you. I wish you all the best, man. You're awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it, man.
0: There's lots more Krista Makes so a Podcast after a few words from our sponsors.
3: and listen to something about the Beatles now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, everybody! If you like Chris to makes a podcast, I'm going to assume that you like music podcasts. And if you like music podcasts, check out One Hit Thunder. Each week, we dive into a one hit wonder, and along the way, we gain some knowledge and have some laughs. Lou Vega, Crazy Town, Harvey Danger, The New Radicals, AHA. We're over 100 episodes in now, and to paraphrase the great Matthew Wilder, nothing's going to break our stride. Subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever
3: you get your pods. As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Krista makes a podcast, all you have to do is email your song via MP3 only and bio to band you might not know at gmail.com. This week's featured artist is Distractions, a five-piece rock band from Columbia, South Carolina, featuring Joey Yawn on lead vocals, Slade Johnson on guitar, Shane Matthews on bass, David Love on guitar and vocals, and Brett Wider on drums. You can find their music on Spotify, Apple, and all streaming services. Here's a snippet of their track, this song's for you.
2: It's to your chest, but it's written all over your face. It's written all over your face. Rap with Chris and Chris.
0: Dude, that was so much fun.
3: <laughs> that was so much fun to listen to. It, it, I yeah, I was genuinely like I said, I, I I was laughing my my butt off, but I had a great time. I had I had more fun doing that episode than, than than a while. I love doing all of these, but that one just stood out. He was he was great.
0: Yeah, I loved hearing about that process. I've had similar experiences to that not with strangers, not with walking into a room of people I don't know, but I have been in a room with friends, musical friends, and you kind of jam and try to see what you can make out of that. You know, in my own band, we took a trip to a cabin before without, you know, trying to come up with fresh ideas, but that was a very unique process for Genesis because he walked into a room not knowing what he was getting into, and what he came out with was... Uh-huh. Amazing music.
3: He came out with his debut album. Yeah, I mean, I, I could, I, I'll roll the dice. I, I, I feel I'm, I'm talented enough to get in a room with strangers and, 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 and maybe we'll have a magical moment in a song, or maybe we'll get a song that's magical. But to get 12 cuts or 14 cuts that are, that are all gold. I mean, it's incredible what they created.
0: Well, talk about incredible, Chris. You didn't mention this in the episode, but I think it's worth mentioning. His album. Was- the aria the australian recording
3: industry album of the year for 2021 right and i, I you're right I, I didn't mention that and for for uh anybody listening outside of australia the, you know the, the arias are basically uh the the u.s version of, the, of a grammy award i mean that's that bet- yeah the australian yes version. the australian yeah. Ver- yeah, right. that's as big as you get it's uh uh it's a it's amazing and 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 good for him he won album of the year best hip-hop release best independent release and best cover art for smiling with no teeth that's incredible
0: yeah for your debut album not bad not bad that that you that you (laughs)
3: created with strangers (laughs)
0: yeah right (laughs) dude it was so much fun i i was envious that he had an old i'm an only child he had an older brother that's also uh, a well-known musician in australia uh well-known artist and to have an older brother to be making music and be exposed to that influenced by that that's awesome that's so cool you know and he's like he said he tried to resist it at first because he wanted to do his own thing but uh
3: Glad he didn't, because I
0: really like his music.
3: Yeah, you know, and and he, he cited a couple contemporary artists, you know, Kanye West, but uh, you know, he talked about Prince and uh, Prince's heyday. Uh, you know, Genesis wasn't wasn't even alive, and that's cool, and that's why I asked him if he had uh, family members or relatives that you know, grew up in the household that was playing that stuff. Because I mean, I hear I hear a depth here of of uh, musical influences, dude. When you
0: <laughs> when you were read reading the lyrics to this that i was laughing so hard and once again it's that walking that fine line where and i don't think he thought this at all where you don't want the artist to think you're like making fun of them or something but what's funny about it is that it's you reciting the lyrics like you're reading a school book or something yeah, like i'm I'm,
3: I'm reading an article from the newspaper that morning right and so i laughed so hard when he
0: <laughs> you read like I, I think it was like the uh, the first time you read the chorus and he went, <laughs> yeah, like Shakespeare, <laughs> like you know, like, you know, because someone it's so much different when someone's just reading them as opposed to, you know, a simple lyric can be so amazing like this one, for example, in the context of the song but when you're just reading it like that it doesn't sound it, it doesn't have the same effect so there there, I, is, there, yeah. there
3: have been artists that have sung lyrics that aren't great, but it's where they placed them what key the song was in, how their delivery, how their flow was with that lyric that they sold it and they made it come alive and you know yeah on paper when I'm reading these lyrics of the chorus there's not much there but man he 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 made it come alive and that that that's the magic of of music. And how amazing is it that his debut
0: album, you know, that one that won album of the year over there in Australia is also a concept album. And Chris, I'm on the same page as you. I assumed this was like a relationship song, you know, I don't need you, but it's so much deeper than that. There's so much more to it than that. And that kind of blew my mind about this song. That's so so cool.
3: Yeah, and there, there's something about uh, you can just tell from certain people. He he just he's just so humble. And I know he didn't take it personal when I was laughing because he knew I wasn't making fun of him. He 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 saw, I guess, the, the irony in the whole thing. And uh, I, th- I think we both had a, ge- a genuine laugh. Some of these lyrics are really funny. There's nothing wrong with the fact that
0: they are, you know, like, yeah, I think humor. We've talked about this before. It doesn't take away from like the message of the music or something if you inject humor in your song. I think Less Than Jake obviously does. I know Punchline has, and I
3: don't think that our bands are jokes because of that right (laughs) no not at not at all not not at all and uh, something else I wanted wanted to touch on Chris was the fact that you know there's only so many slots at late night there's only so many shows out there you know Mm -hmm. In, in, in the states for instance there's maybe what five or six late night shows let's say and uh five nights a week so you know you you got about uh you know 25 30 spots and there's a lot of artists out there and uh the fact that he got on the late show with Stephen Colbert is, is amazing he's uh he, he's a rising star and i'm i'm, I'm so glad that uh, we had the opportunity to talk to him
0: such an incredibly bright future for this guy i i mean i don't want to like over hype it or whatever but i can imagine this dude being one of the biggest artists period you know like just the the music the i mean we didn't talk about the music video for this song go check that out oh, i mean yeah. everything about yeah, everything
3: about this guy is so cool, so unique. And and that was something I, that I had mentioned to him in the episode that I, I think is is so great is that uh, you go song to song. I, I, I listened to a bun- bunch of different cuts from his record, and uh, they all are unique and have their own thing, which again is amazing. When And I thought they were all unique because he worked with so many different people. Oh, he worked with this guy here in this studio. We're, no, no, no. He worked with the same people to have that kind of difference between songs and what they came up with is phenomenal
0: yep love everything about it love the process love the music so so good man i was (laughs) you know this is my new thing i always talk to you about always snacking during (laughs) during the episodes (laughs) i was over here we did this one later than we usually do these it's it's nighttime it's almost uh, it's like what eight o'clock now not that late yet but usually we do these during the day but we had to he's over in australia so it was 11 a.m. for him. It was 7 p.m. for us. But I'm over here eating my uh, <laughs> chocolate Pop-Tarts <laughs> is what I had as a snack during this one. And they were good. I put them in the toaster. I had, I used to always eat Pop-Tarts on tour, like not putting them in the toaster. They're so much better when you, when you put them in the toaster, man.
3: <laughs> Please let Chris know what he should snack on for the next episode, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of, you know, telling Chris uh, what, what he should snack on for the next episode, uh, you know, I said that because he's always telling you what to do. Things such as uh, leaving us a review. Yeah, go leave, us a fi- go leave us five stars. Not four and a half, uh, <laughs> not three stars. Leave um, us a five-star review and maybe, and maybe write something if you like the show. Please, please. Yeah, absolutely. Wherever you
0: listen to podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave us that fifth star. I'll tell you, that fifth star, it helps us get more stars. And by stars, I mean musical guests that you want to hear on this podcast that was like the least clever thing I ever said I'm really I'm really struggling over here but you get the point
3: <laughs> I get the point point. and if you haven't already please join our Krista makes a podcast Facebook group we love to have you be a part give me a follow on Instagram at less than Chris D and if you want a custom song for me I want to write you one hit me up at at makes at gmail.com want to thank this week's guest he's awesome go check him out Genesis Owusu and we'll see you next week